Good morning, everybody, and happy Mother's Day. Welcome to this episode of The Hope Dealer. My name is Ed McDonough, Gatehouse Treatment CEO and The Hope Dealer. Coming to you live from the 107.7 The Pulse Studios and 107.3 WEMJ. For more information on Gatehouse Treatment or myself, The Hope Dealer, gatehousetreatment.com slash The Hope Dealer. Or you can call The Hope Dealer hotline at 800-448-9431. Or if you have any questions or comments today and want to talk to me on air, 866-823-1077. Again, gatehousetreatment.com slash Hope Dealer. In studio, we have a special caller on the line. Um, So it's just me in studio today. Uh, that and the stat man holding down the fort, um, spreading a little hope. Say hello, everybody, to the stat man. Say hello, stat man. Good morning, everyone. You're getting a fan following there. Yes, I am. <laughs> um, that's I'm going to make him a star. So, you know, I've been hearing a lot lately. You know, my goal is is to spread awareness and stigma on the show, and and to um, you know, to, to to show people that you can recover. And I, and I know for me, you know, we don't talk a lot about my story. I like to put the light on other people. But, you know, for me, my, my addiction brought me to depths that I uh, never thought I would go. And I never wanted to be uh, an addict. At five years old, I never raised my hand and said that, you know, I want to be uh, someone struggling with uh, substance misuse and opiate problems and arrests and, you know, all types of stuff. I had uh, I had ambitions to be a cop or a lawyer or, you know, something like that. My, my, I didn't, I didn't want to be an astronaut. I, I guess I didn't set the level too high. I probably at one point wanted to be a, an NHL goalie, but, uh, I never got to the six foot range. So that didn't really work out too well. Um, and you know, we talk a lot about the ripple effects and, you know, I had, I was like a tornado stat man when I was using, I, I left a trail of wreckage behind me. And, uh, some of those people that were, deeply affected were my family um and you know the still mending those bridges you know i i've uh i haven't found it necessary to pick up a drink or a drug uh in you know a little over seven years now uh and, and i'm still you know becoming the person i want to be i'm still working on those internal issues and that's you know that's the stuff they teach about in the 12-step a- aspect of it or with a counselor is you know that you have to get, uh, you have to continue to work on yourself, and um, I, I also believe those ripple effects, almost like throwing a uh, a rock into a pond. You know, it it affects the family, and and uh, I, you know, I always I don't like to scare people. I'm not I'm not a big scare people. I, I hear a lot of people talking about you know we have this war on addiction, and you know yeah, people people are 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 dying and not getting well, and I don't think anyone's disputing that, but. I think the problem why I know a lot of people are starting to tune out this issue already is because they just hear the negative side effects of it. You know, no no one hears that, you know, someone in recovery can do great things. And that's kind of been my goal uh, the whole time we've been on the show is to try to, to spread that message of hope and, you know, spread the the ripple effects. And and I also want to help other people. And if I can help other people by having them identify with a speaker um you know, or some or something we said on the show to help them or their loved ones get treatment, and that and that's what I want to do. And I think one of the big important parts um, is the family, and we haven't really touched on it. You know, and I don't know um, who else would be more of an expert to uh, to talk on that than uh, my own mom. 
So so we're going to bring my mom in. She's enjoying the uh, sunshine down in Tampa. Uh, Ma, are you there? Are you with us, Mom? Yes, I am. Good morning, Eddie. Good morning, Mom. So my mom's calling in, and, you know, uh, happy Mother's Day, Mom. Oh, thanks, hon. And, and thanks for being with us on Mother's Day. I know uh, you got big things you want to be doing. Oh, huge! I know. <laughs> so, so, mom, we're 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 talking, um, you know, we're talking to to the audience here, and I I'd like to start getting into a little bit about the you know the hope that the family sees. But but I guess first, before you start out with the hope, we have to talk about a little bit about the wreckage of the past, hmm. and um, you know what that looked like. You know, so so you know from your experience, you know. How, when did you start um, noticing that maybe I had, uh, that there was a little, a little something else going on than just maybe normal growing pains of a young adult, teenager, stuff like that? Well, I have to admit, I probably was in denial. Even though I'm in the medical field and I'm a mom, the mom part of me didn't want to see that perhaps you were having problems beyond being a teenager and a young adult in college. So once you went off to college, I didn't want to see what was going on, even when uh, medications were disappearing from the cabinet. It was always someone like myself must have lost it, dropped it, whatever. I never wanted to see it. Um, it wasn't really till hmm, I'd say, your junior and senior year in college. I started to notice that you were just all over the place. There was no focus. There was no, um, you know, your goals had changed. You didn't seem to want to go after anything, and you became more agitated and a lot of outbursts. Um, and, and then you would hide a lot. That was the biggest thing I'd see. You'd sleep forever in your room, and then you'd be gone. Part of that was me, too, though. I was working nights, so I didn't know you were out all night. And then you'd be sleeping all day. So that was part of the changes that I saw that I wish I had picked up on earlier. Um, but again, you're an athlete, you're in school, and I always thought, nah, wouldn't be my son. I guess like all mothers feel that way. Yeah, I get that. I mean, as as you know, when I do uh, events in the community, I get that a lot from parents. Like, it's not my son. Yeah. Well, uh, I was one of them. Yeah, and I, you know, I try to tell them, and, and you and I have talked about it, also, you know, it, it, it can be anybody. But I think, you know, the reason why I think, um, you know, as, as we get more in, as we get away from pills, the generation now is, is using fentanyl and mm. um, and other substances. But I think in the uh, Oxycontinent kind of stage, like it was it was easier to hide. I think there was no, you know, visible signs of anything at first. And I, and I no, think that... as you told as you told me, you were very good at hiding it. Mm-hmm. And um, you said when you were at your largest usage, you would leave the house. So I didn't see that part. I would see the coming down or just taking. At least that's what we had talked about. But I wasn't. I didn't see it. I wish I had. I don't know if it would change anything because I'm very proud of you now. I mean, you've gone through a lot of struggles. Well, let's get into that. Let's not ruin the whole show in two minutes, Mom. Oh. <laughs> Killing me here. I got to kill a half hour. That's true. That's um, true. Go ahead. So, well, I can. I. I can go ahead. You ask. Yeah. So, so well, I'm just. I'm just trying to. You know, maybe if there's a a mom out there, or you know, even even a parent, or 
a dad or an aunt or uncle listening that that may have you know a loved one struggling i'm just trying to help them encompass that hope and uh give them something to push through on so you know as what you know i talk a lot about you know tough love and a lot of our strategy at gatehouse can be you know loving someone enough that they hate us and when we tell them the truth you know and a big part of me part for me was you started um putting some hard boundaries down uh, what kind of helped you with that decision or, you know, were you talking to anybody, you know, cause I don't, you know, I was too wrapped up in me mm. to know before, you know, kind of at the time what you were doing kind of to help that. So, well, I, I, part of me got very frustrated cause I didn't know what was going on, um, from the drinking, the drugs, the girlfriends on the couches, people sneaking up into your room. Um, and that's when I said that that has to stop because I was trying to figure out what was going on and. Then I started listening to some people in one ear telling me, you do know he's probably on drugs. And I go, not my son. He's an athlete. He's in school. And the the other ear was denying it. But then I couldn't deny it anymore. It was very frustrating because your whole personality changed. You went from the the happy-go-lucky, wonderful guy, kid that I knew, and young adult, and wanting to do things to not wanting to go to work, being late sleeping all day, and then just erupting over little things. And I guess a few times I had it, and as you know, your clothes and everything went out the back door. <laughs> and I said, you have to straighten up because St- I didn't know what more St- to do. St- I didn't know just, to go. Statman just, just stared at me. Yeah, let me clarify. My whole wardrobe went out on about three <laughs> feet of snow in the backyard from the top the top window. So yeah, yeah. I lost I lost some of my favorite outfits that day. I'm still trying mm-hmm. to replace them. but I know. And I... Don't think it didn't kill me. I was, as soon as I did all that, neuro, I mean, I, was, I collapsed to the floor crying. And I think most mothers would be able to relate to that because that's the last thing you want to do with the person, especially now I'm, I'm, my eyes are filling up, it's Mother's Day, but the last thing you do when you bring a child into the world is to think you're going to be throwing them out with everything out the door and saying, you know, get your act together because you have no idea what's going on. And you didn't talk either. For all the talking you do, you know, before, you, you never said anything about drugs, you know? So I didn't know what I was battling, I guess. And, and, I, and I think, well, that's a good point. I don't, I don't think a lot of, a lot of uh, people abusing the substance want to talk about it because they don't want right. it taken away. I mean, you know, in right. the back of your head, it's after a while that you're probably, it's probably a bad idea. You shouldn't be doing it, but it's, it's you know, it makes me feel good. It's my... It's it's my crutch, or you know, it's my spe- it's special thing. Why would I why would I want to talk about it if you don't approve? You know, I, like a lot of things people do, I think, um, yeah. is kind of the same thing. And as a mother, I kept having hope until, you know, different things. People knocking at my back door late at night. People showing up in the driveway, demanding money, and, and I'm you know, that's when things went kind of crazy. And I guess I had to start believing there was something wrong and really wrong um but even then i wasn't sure how bad it was again you hit it so well i mean you really did Eddie. do you think there was a there was any denial in there or you know you, did you have a support group or would you recommend for maybe someone that's unsure now go to an al-anon meeting or you know well, someone that, like a support group um i think once you start to identify and that was after many times of bringing you, you know, help for, what was it, Symbolton, 
and Sambalta. What is Sambox? Thank you, Sambox. And I couldn't get the word out um, to the doctors, you know, up in Norwood, and to the hospitals, and to the rehabs. Um, I started going to Al-Anon, um, and I'll tell you, just when you think your story is bad, boy, there's some. You can start to identify with people who have really horrific stories, and it's most of them. I thought they were going to be about their spouses. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It was about their kids and how they never thought this would be their kid. Just like you, there was one that was a captain of basketball. I can't get into it because, you know, it's anonymous. anonymous for a reason. But um, the stories were pretty much, and the pain that they were going through, pretty much what I was going through, like how did we not see this? Mm-hmm. Um, how did we not know something was wrong? How did we not know... Uh, jewelry was missing, money was missing, medications, alcohol. Because it, I felt, at least in my own case, you were very subtle. Um, you could do things without me even knowing. So you underestimated my sneakiness. I guess I did. But I also blamed it on myself, too. And I think a lot of parents do, like, oh, if I had only not worked nights. Oh, if I had been around more um, uh, it was very, it was a very trying time for me inside. It still is. I still have nightmares. I still see. I have dreams of you being in a crash or someone still showing up. I, I still have that now, mm-hmm. um, which wakes me up at night. Um, not that you're using now, but of before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but... um, I just little things like that, and then I have dreams because I would say, oh. He wouldn't do that because he would never do that with Grandma and Pop. You know what I mean? Just little mm-hmm. things in your head. Uh, as a mother goes through, like, where did you go wrong? And um, I don't know. I don't know what I would have been able to do differently, um, except perhaps have people be more aware that if you even suspect, go to a meeting. People can help you see what might be out there or see what you can do to help yourself, to help that other person. I couldn't help myself. How was I going to help you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, because, one, we had other problems, as you know, going mm-hmm. on in the house. Um, uh, we had a grandfather dying, my father. Um, there was just so much going on that I couldn't take care of me to take care of others to even there's also like a level of like codependency as well i think you know oh i do too i i I think um you know we were you know as i needed you needed the drama as much as i needed the drama you know as well so well i think there were different escapes for us at different levels Mm -hmm. and um it was like i guess the part of me that knew something was really, really wrong as a mother, and I think most mothers can figure this out down the road, is if you realize the one person, like the one person, uh, well, I had more than one person, you and Katie, but you, I always depended on. Mom, it's one of the only times I get to interrupt you, but we got to take a commercial break. <laughs> My producer's yelling at me, so hold on the line, and we okay. will be back in a minute or so. Okay. Everybody, you're listening to The Hope Dealer. Uh, Ed McDonough, that's me, on 107.7 WTPL, 107.3 WMJ. For more information, gatehousetreatment.com slash hope dealer, 800-448-9431 for the Hope Dealer Hotline. Mother's Day extravaganza. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging on. After commercial break here, the Hope Dealer, Ed McDonough on 107.7 WTPL The Pulse and 107.3 WEMJ. More information, gatehousetreatment.com slash hope dealer. That's gatehousetreatment.com slash hope dealer. Or the Hope Dealer hotline, 800-448-9431. Any callers today with any questions, 866-823-107.7. Uh, 1077, whatever it is, it doesn't matter because the most important person on the phone right now, Statman, is the Ma Dukes. Ma, are you still with us? Oh, I am. Hi. Oh. I didn't know I was on. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. Oh, we're, we're rocking and rolling here. So mm-hmm. Mother's Day extravaganza here on the Hope Dealer with my, my guest, my mom, Alice. That's awkward. Mom. Um, <laughs> so, Mom, we're getting into it. And let's Let's start mm-hmm. talking about the fun stuff. So, I go into psych unit treatment, and now, you know, let's talk about uh, how I wind up from uh, Dedham, Massachusetts, into Nashua, New Hampshire, with the gatehouse. Well, um... On bail. Mm-hmm. Let's preface my, that. My thinking at the time, you had tried several treatment places and come out, and I, in my heart, I think I knew you were trying, but my reasoning and my thinking, as your mom was, I got to get him away from his quote unquote friends. To me, your friends were dealers, drug users, drinkers, people that were in and out of jail that you'd never been friends with before. Um, most of your friends that I knew weren't even around you anymore. And I was grabbing at straws. I think, like any mother who has a son or a daughter that's um, in addiction crisis and in and out, the hope is always there. You're always hoping that, okay, this treatment's going to work. He's going to come out. He's going to be 100%. Everything's going to go back to normal. Uh, He's going to go finish school. He's going to get a great job. He's going to be the Eddie I always knew. And it was like riding a roller coaster. I still get filled up, sorry. I was like, the hope would go up, and then it would plummet. And then it'd go up, and then it would plummet. Um, And then we'd talk and you'd say, okay, I want to go to another treatment center. We'd get you in to the hospital a few times, if you remember, and then different places around Boston. Well, how could I forget? And outside of Boston, and I went from being, you know, quiet and trying to be okay, and then why can't you, you know, just stay away from these people? It was it was a horrible emotional roller coaster ride, as it must have been for you, because You'd be trying, and then you wouldn't, and then you'd be trying. And so, then, so oh, let me stop you there. So, do it. so yeah. I mean, I'm, I say it a lot. So, you know, your profession is, you know, a registered, unregistered nurse, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think? I mean, so, so now we're we're looking at, you know, seven years ago, and and it went on for some time before that, right? So, mm-hmm. early two thousands, there wasn't a lot of talk about addiction. That, you know, other than alcoholism, really, opioids wasn't, no one was talking about it. Heroin was a thing that, you know, people did in the 70s after Vietnam, and then it went away. Um, Do you think as, as a nurse, like, they didn't, they didn't even talk really that much about, about this stuff? Or if you had, like, kind of more knowledge about kind of the disease concept of addiction that, you know, you might have handled it, handled me in a little bit different way? Not saying that you did anything wrong, but maybe to the for the person out there that's still struggling with a loved one. Okay, well, just before I say that, the one thing I wanted to finish, you said, how did you get to New Hampshire? My thinking was the last time you went in, made phone calls, and ended up actually talking to Nate 
and he came right down and took you to New Hampshire. I figured out of sight, out of mind. Um, and now I can segue into the RN part that had we talked more about it, I would have known you could have done it whether you stayed nearby or went to New Hampshire or went to Arizona. At that point in your life, you had made up your mind. You wanted to get better. Uh, my thought at that process, because there was no one to talk to, you're right, is nurses, um, and I work emergency rooms, um, our biggest concern when uh, young adults came in was alcohol. Um, very rarely, unless it was heroin or um, some of the other harder drugs I don't want to get into. Anyway, that's what we looked for. Uh, prescription drugs, no, uh, because we would prescribe when someone was hurt, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't something that we would actually look for on purpose, because if you came in and you, you had uh, back problems, you had a broken leg, or, of course you needed some pain medication. It was, wasn't even given a second thought. Um, in that it wasn't until hmm, maybe 2007, 2000, no, maybe 2008 or nine, uh, we started having um, meetings and, and papers out that said, you know, look for signs of and see how often this person's coming in. And we used to have uh, other meetings and I'd say, why aren't we in connection with other emergency rooms? Because you'd come into mine and you'd get five, this is hypothetical, five uh, Oxycontin, right? You'd go across the street to the other Boston and get five Oxycontin. And before the night was over, you've been to five ERs and you have 25 pills. Hmm. Except in reality, those numbers were doubled, so you'd have oh, 75 pills. This is just hypothetical. Yeah. I, uh, uh, hypothetical, because nowadays you're lucky if you get two. But this was in the beginning. Um, they now do have what they call... I don't get any. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean. A drug connection where if I have someone that's a young adult, uh, sore back, all of mm-hmm. a sudden in the ER looking for pills. I can hit a number and find out if they've been at any other emergency room that yeah. night. But yeah, this I... is all in the infant stages. And had we known, yes, I, I, I think I would have listened uh, because there were male figures in your life. There were other people in your life that kept saying, you know, he's on drugs. I go, no, he's not. I said, don't be an idiot. Yeah. I would have listened more. Um, but as I say, there are other things going on in our lives, as in other families. But sometimes if you're more aware, uh, had I as a nurse had more education about really looking for the signs in, quote-unquote, what they call the good kids that were out on the street, aren't doing the needles, I would have sat back and said, oh, my God. Okay, I have to have a talk with Eddie. I have to see if he's ready. I have to see what's going on in his life, you know, that I can get him help. And, and did you want the help? Did you think you were ready for the help? If I knew, I I don't I don't think I don't know. It's hard to pinpoint. I I do know that the one of the benefits is I just dropped the uh, Facebook Live video. But no, I was wondering I, what happened. I think <laughs> one of the uh, benefits is that um, of of you know coming up to the Gatehouse, New Hampshire. It, could I do, have done it in Dedham? Yeah, but it was different when you move up to a community and you're introduced to people and they're in that recovery community and that's all you're kind of dealing with. You know, I didn't know anybody that really was just mm. going to buy my buy my bolt. There was a bunch of people that kind of knew I was there and weren't going to buy my BS. So, Well, that's um, my feeling. Like I always feel like when they take these kids um, out of these different neighborhoods, whether it's Boston, West, I don't care where it is, and they put them for, what, what is it, two weeks, three at the most, into acute care, mm-hmm. and then a, a week, and then go, okay, now go home and start working on it. Go, 
I, I can remember the first AA meeting, do you? You asked me to go sit with you. Uh, it was up in Norwood. Yeah, I mean... You were I, already... You told me later you were already high that night when we went. I don't like to use those anonymous words. Um, yeah, okay. I... I uh, yes, yes, I understand that. Yeah. And I think it, I think it's... I mean, I, I you know, I, I, I think there was... There was obviously something, you know, there was kind of a spiritual change, mm. you know, in, in a decision I made, uh, not really to come up here, but I think, you know, while I was up here, mm. um, you know, and I think that the elements have to be right. I think the willingness and the open-mindedness have to be right. I think it it exhausted the options that it exhausted because, you know, mm. you have to realize that it won't work. But 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 more importantly, you know, I was just looking for the... the um, the parental point of view on it, um, you know, and, and as, so, so, so that journey as, you know, as, as one starts to recover. So maybe talk about that. If it, it's happened, if it doesn't, I don't know. I'll ask the question, you know, what, what does that hope look like as you quote unquote, get your son back? Um, well, to take one step back, I can honestly say some of this wasn't just all me. You were talking about the ripple effect. Uh, and what it did as hope for uh, family unity and seeing you grow um, was, uh, uh, I don't know if I can use your father's name on, 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 on the air. Mr. McDonough? Yeah, and, and Mrs. McDonough, um, uh, have come through unbelievably and had made us all closer in trying to figure out what to do for you. Uh, something that I hadn't seen for years, yes, it was always a positive friendship kind of thing, but this actually brought us all together, trying to figure out what to do, and has since grown in that there's uh, love and care and the hope that is seen for you uh, um, as not, a, yes, you're young, but as a grown adult. I have seen you um, go through a lot of struggles, even while you were going through the beginnings of the recovery in that um, there were a lot of changes. You went from fast, flashy cars to riding a bike, uh, walking everywhere, uh, trying to figure out how to make your life work, uh, seeing as it was completely different from, I think, what you envisioned for your life. Um, That's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, oh, so my, mine too. I think as a parent, I was like... So, Mom, not to close you up, but... I got about a, about forty seconds left here, so. Oh, I didn't know we were that quick. I'm yeah, sorry. Go it ahead, flies Go ahead. What by. Do you want to know? Um, I just want you to have a happy Mother's Day. Oh, um, I love you. you. You know, I'm. I I think, you know, the the last statement kind of says it all, and that's you know that uh, someone afflicted can go through recovery and start to get their life back and piece they together, can. and the families can start to piece together, and mm-hmm. you know, I think that's the most important part that there is a there is a chance to recover. So, oh, there definitely is. Mom, I, that I first step. I love you. I love you, and I I will talk to you off the air as you enjoy the rest of your Mother's Day. Okay. For all those who are listening on 107.7 WTPL The Pulse and 107.3 WEMJ, you've been listening to The Hope Dealer. More information, gatehousetreatment.com slash hope dealer, 800-448-9431. Good morning to Webster and the Doodles, wherever you are. I'll see you guys next week.